All right, guys, if you are hearing that, you are hearing the crowd at the All-Star Game last week in Seattle. So, Shohei Otani's gotten that bat, and the crowd lets him know, we want you in Mariner's Blue, okay? There's a press conference after the All-Star Game. Of course, Shohei's getting interviewed. He's the most popular player in baseball. They ask Shohei, what do you think about the city of Seattle? And Shohei says, and I quote, Every time I come here, the fans are passionate. It's very impressive. I actually spent a couple of off-seasons in Seattle. I like the city. So there you go, guys. Shohei likes the city of Seattle. He likes playing in Seattle. There's good fans. It's a big market team. It's got Japanese history with Ichiro Suzuki. And also, it's a contender, right? They've got Julio Rodriguez. They've got Luis Castillo. And it doesn't end there. There's plenty more players. But it's a team that has potential to go deep into the playoffs and even win a championship with the addition of Shohei Otani. So the question really becomes, might we see Shohei Otani in Mariner's Blue at the trade deadline? And if we're going to analyze this, what we have to think is, how much is Shohei worth? And are the Mariners willing to give up an equivalent value? All right, so Shohei's the most popular player in the world, and he drives the most value, value to his team. We talked about this last week. We talked about how Shohei has the highest wins above replacement in Major League Baseball. Now, that includes both his hitting and his pitching. So if we're talking about the MVP of the American League, the most valuable player in baseball, how much is Seattle going to have to give up in order to get him on their roster at the trade deadline? Well, honestly, I think it really comes down to do they give up a big player, a big name player like Luis Castillo? Do they give away maybe a couple of mid players? Do they trade a handful of prospects, right? That's really what we're looking at. So let's start with the idea of Seattle giving away some, you know, one big name in, in, in replacement of Shohei. I get that Shohei's the best player in Major League Baseball, but I just don't see them giving away any of their top talent for Shohei. And that's because Seattle's whole team is structured around building a dynasty probably sometime in the next five years. I mean, it's all built around Julio Rodriguez, Julio is on a 12-year contract. He's not a free agent until 2035. And there's a lot of contracts on this team that are through 2027. I mean, Robbie Ray, 2027. Luis Castillo, 2029. Eugenio Suarez, through 2026. J.P. Crawford, 2027. The list goes on and on. This is a team that could win this year but is really focused on success in the next five years. So I don't see the Seattle Mariners giving up these players who are very good players who are on three-plus-year contracts for one half season of Shohei Otani. I just don't think that's happening. So if there's a lot of players who are on long-term contracts, really the only value left, in my opinion, from Seattle that they can offer to the Angels. And what makes the most sense to me is prospects. Are the Mariners willing to give up prospects to the Angels in order to get Shohei Otani now? I don't think so. 
I don't think that's consistent with this dynasty that they're trying to build in Seattle. I just don't see that happening. I mean, like I said, you've got a lot of big names who are going to have contracts for three plus years. By the time those contracts are expiring, you could potentially have developed these prospects. If you give them away to the Angels for Shohei now, if you don't win the World Series this year with Shohei, I don't know if it's going to pay off. Shohei might leave. You've now lost these prospects and you didn't even get a championship. So honestly, while it kind of feels like a cool idea, there's certain you know poetic romance about putting Shohei on a Mariners lineup that once had the great Ichiro Suzuki. I just don't know if it's really that feasible, okay? So I think a better question is, might Seattle be a potential candidate to land Shohei Otani in free agency after the 2023 season? And honestly, I feel like the answer is yes. He likes playing there. Like I just established, there's a lot of great talent on the team. And they're not above the luxury tax threshold. So if you're not familiar with Major League Baseball's luxury tax, there's no salary cap in Major League Baseball. There's no limit to how much money you can spend. But if you go above a certain threshold, you get hit with a luxury tax. And the longer you're above that luxury tax threshold, and and I mean each year that you're above it, you get hit with a higher percentage for the luxury tax. So it becomes more harsh. So the question really to me is, are the Mariners willing to play out this season, take their try at Shohei in free agency, maybe go above the luxury tax for several years and try to really build that dynasty, win several World Series, and then maybe have a rebuilding period like the Yankees where you spend a couple seasons below the luxury tax threshold, you let that penalty sort of die back down, and then you get back out there and try to put together you know, a winning team. Maybe, maybe. I mean, the idea of having an all-star lineup for you know even just five straight years, a team that could win potentially championships each year. And really, that's the goal, guys. The goal is to put together a lineup that can be competitive and win a World Series each year for the near future. All right. Obviously, you always want to have a good team every year, but that's not really feasible in Major League Baseball. Sure, you can have a great farm system and you can hope to develop good prospects, but you have to remember that this is Major League Baseball. All right. This isn't European soccer where Barcelona can be a competitive team and maybe win the title every season. This is Major League Baseball where titans of the game sort of rise and fall every three to five years. You know, the Yankees are on top one year, they're rebuilding somewhere down the line, and then they come right back into it and they're a a contender again. Major League Baseball is where you have to put all your chips on the table and you have to go for it in the short to medium term. And I think that that's a pretty smart move, honestly, if you're Seattle. If you've got Julio Rodriguez, Luis Castillo, and a handful of other young talent who are each on a, you know, a contract for three to seven years, why not go all in on Shohei and see if you can come out of there with, I don't know, three titles? I mean, you want to be 
like the Oakland Athletics of the early 70s. You want to get the three-peat. You want to be like the Giants in you know the 2010s, winning a World Series every other year, winning three in, in what, five years? That's the goal. Did the Giants have to rebuild after that? Sure they did. You think they regret putting it all out there during those seasons and bringing home three titles? I live just down the street. Trust me, those Giants fans, they don't regret it. They're very happy. So I think it's very feasible to see Seattle go after Shohei Otani in the free agency. But enough about Seattle, guys. Uh, We could go on and on about that. Let's talk about some other potential candidates for our boy. Where is Shohei going to go? I think an interesting one to look at, and people are talking about this, is the New York Yankees. I know, I know. They've got Judge... They've got Stanton. What do they need Shohei for? Well, here's the thing. is They're similar to the Seattle Mariners, if you think about it, in terms of it's a big city, a big market team, a team that's a contender, a team that could win now. It's also a team that has a lot of long contracts. You look at Aaron Judge, nine years. He's a free agent in 2032. Giancarlo Stanton, you know, he's a free agent in 2029. Their ace, Garrett Cole, signed through 2029. And you can really keep going with some of these big names. But the difference between the New York Yankees and the Seattle Mariners, to me, really, is that the Seattle Mariners are circled around Julio Rodriguez, a young man, versus the New York Yankees, who, you know, the big names that we're talking about, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Garrett Cole, they're all between 30 and 33, okay? These are guys that are a little older, a little more seasoned. They're still some of the best in the league. They're they're win-now type of players. Who's to say you don't trade somebody to get Shohei onto this lineup and then hope Shohei resigns in the offseason because maybe he has a good season with New York. Maybe he likes playing in New York. Maybe they even win a World Series. I don't know, but you get an additional pitcher, you get a an all-star pitcher, and you get a league-leading batter. I think the Yankees is actually, you know, a place that he could end up. And let's be honest, what's better for baseball than having the unicorn, the idol, the great Shohei Otani in a Yankees uniform? Can you imagine the buzz, the hype? The jersey sales, the ticket sales. Oh, it's all going to explode. And viewership too, really. I mean, it's just a smart business move for the New York Yankees. So if we're talking numbers, if we're talking dinero, cash, and cash is king, can the New York Yankees afford to get Shohei Otani on their team? I mean, I think short term, obviously the answer is yes. If you take him on as a trade at the trade deadline, you're basically taking on $10 million of additional salary. And what's another 10 when you're the New York Yankees? You've already got uh, $296 million of salary. Uh, You're above the luxury tax threshold already. So why not take on that money? Try to win now with Shohei. I think that's reasonable when you consider the bankroll of the New York Yankees. Uh, But to put that in comparison, the New York Yankees are actually only the second highest payroll 
in Major League Baseball, and this may shock you. So I mentioned the New York Yankees, $296 million. The New York Mets, $380 million. It's absurd. I mean, their, their estimated tax bill uh, for the sake of the luxury tax is about three times the penalty of the New York Yankees. Pretty crazy to think about. Um, but I mean, you know, we talked about how maybe the Yankees are willing to take on Shohei's salary for this season if they trade. Are they willing to resign? Are they able to resign? I think Shohei might enjoy the life of, of New York, similar to the fact that he likes living in Seattle, um, or at least staying there during off seasons. He could fall in love with the city of New York. He could be a potential candidate for free agency. Could he sign long-term with New York Yankees? I think yes. Don't get me wrong. They are well above the luxury tax threshold. They're already paying, it looks like, about $32 million in luxury tax just to maintain this current roster. But why not go above that? I mean, we've seen the Yankees sort of lead the league in salary and suffer the luxury tax um, for decades. I mean, they were the number one salary in Major League Baseball um, for about 15 years. From 1999 until 2014, no team spent more on players than the New York Yankees. And I think a lot of us sort of lived through that era with, you know, hearing the comments about, wow, New York buys their championships. Well, you know, hate if you will, they suffered the luxury tax. They had their championships, but they were not afraid to stay up there um, and, and pay that money for a very long time. And then we saw them duck down below the luxury tax thresholds for a number of seasons, let those penalties that, remember, they're higher the more consecutive seasons you are above the threshold, you let those die back down, and then they get back out here. They put together a winning team with Judge and Stanton. Is it time to go on another historic run of leading the league in salary and in spending and, and take on that luxury tax for the sake of trying to put together a dynasty for Aaron Judge by adding Shohei Otani? So what about the Dodgers? All right, everybody's talking about the Dodgers. Everybody's talking about how the Dodgers are the front runners to get Shohei Otani. And one thing I think that's kind of funny is that the Dodgers are actually the favorite according to the casinos. Yes, you can bet on which team Shohei Otani is going to be on in 2024 to start the season. And the Los Angeles Dodgers are the favorite. Um, in fact, the Angels aren't even listed um, in, in the top six teams. So that's, you know, a little concerning if you're an Angels fan, but um, I get it. You know, Shohei recently said um, through his translator that it sucks to lose. I want to win. And who's winning? The Dodgers. You know, have they fallen short in the playoffs a couple times? Yes. But are they always the team to beat? And are they always sort of the favorite to win uh, a title? They're certainly in the conversation, right? And you think about the Dodgers. It seems to me that they're a team that could definitely go all in on this season. And what better compliment to your team to go all in than Shohei Otani? Okay, so let's review the facts. Number one. Shohei probably wouldn't even have to move because he's going from the Angels of Anaheim to the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
All right. So he gets to say put. I mean, that's a potential pull. Number two, they're a winning team, a team that could win a title. Shohei wants to win now. That's all in his favor. Another thing in Shohei's favor is sort of the contract terms of the players on the Dodgers. So let's take a look at pitching first. We've got several pitchers who are only signed through this season. We've got Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Noah Syndergaard, all on one-year contracts. Hard to say what's going to happen with these guys after this season. Obviously, Julio's a young guy who you'd like to probably sign to a longer contract. Clayton Kershaw is pitching like he's in his prime, but he's 35. Um, And Noah Syndergaard is just not pulling his weight and he's at age 30. So you could obviously use a consistent starting pitcher going into next season, but you can also use his bat, right? Because the Dodgers are a team that has a high ERA, one of the highest in Major League Baseball, but they still win games. They win a lot of games. You get Shohei, you get a slightly lower team ERA probably with a you know an, an improved starter in that roster, but you also get his bat, Basically, what you're looking at is you're getting rid of J.D. Martinez because he's a designated hitter. If you've got Shohei in in the designated hitter slot every day, you really don't have a spot for J.D. Martinez anymore, which is kind of too bad because J.D. is an all-star. He's having a terrific season. He made it to the all-star weekend in Seattle as the NLDH. You're pretty much giving away J.D., but he's only on a one-year contract, so he's going to be a free agent. Why not upgrade to Shohei Otani? You you deal JD Martinez, you maybe deal some prospects, you land Shohei. It makes sense. And, and Shohei's a guy that the Dodgers have actually had their eyes on, you know, even since he was just a, uh, you know, sort of a, a fable or a myth or a, or a little urban legend about this guy that was going to come to the Major League Baseball and change the way that things are done with his sort of unicorn uh, play style of being a pitcher and a hitter. Uh, You know, they offered the $300,000 that they could offer legally due to, you know, some of the legal sort of blocks with contract rights and other things, you know, which ultimately ended up in them not being able to get him, right? Because the Angels have the contract rights and that's just how it played out. But he's been on their radar. He's been somebody that they've wanted it seems like this is the year for the Dodgers to go all in since they're going to be potentially losing, you know, a lot of their uh, pitching as well as their DH and uh, several other players who have, you know, one year, two year contracts and are approaching free agency in the near future. So I think it makes sense on paper. I think really what we should look at now is the luxury tax. You know, where are the Dodgers uh, in, in relation to this tax? And so the threshold's $233 million, like I might have said earlier. The Dodgers are at $249 million. Honestly, you take on Shohei, you add another $10 million um, in, in the total for the luxury tax sake. You lose a lot of players. You're going to have plenty of room under that luxury tax to sort of put together a team for next year. And what better team to sort of lure in hot talent in the league than a team that's got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Shohei Otani, amongst, you know, some other very talented players. 
hard to say that they won't do it and hard to say that they won't win with these guys. Uh, I, I think it's an exciting thing to think about, you know, either the Yankees or the Dodgers, you know, when, <laughs> when he's been on a team that sure they've got Shohei, they've got Trout, but they just can't win due to a supporting cast that just isn't there. It is a little exciting to think about Shohei being on one of these mega teams, one of these big market, big spender teams, and then maybe winning a World Series. We'd all love to see Shohei do it. Of course, you'd love to see him do it on the on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but let's be honest, is that feasible? It's not going to happen this year. They're struggling at the All-Star break, so I think the odds are if he goes, he's going to go to one of these big market teams who's trying to win it right now, and I think Yankees-Dodgers are, of course, sort of top of that list. All right, guys, so we have to discuss the New York Mets uh, because Kodai Senga of the New York Mets, of course, a fellow Japanese Major League Baseball player, was joking around about bringing um, Shohei to the Mets, his fellow countryman, right? So let's talk about it. You know, all that joking aside, are they really a team that can land Shohei? I mean, they're a team that needs Shohei. There's no doubt about that because they're a team that, despite having the biggest payroll in Major League Baseball, and it's not even close, they're below average um, in pitching, and they're about average when it comes to hitting. So it's a team that really, I don't know, they're an enigma to me. I mean, they've spent a lot of money on Francisco Lindor, Brandon Nimmo, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Um, and, And Scherzer and Verlander, to me, wow. You've got two pitchers who are earning an average salary of $43 million a year, and you still have a less than average ERA. Um, uh, you have a starting pitching that's giving you less wins than the average. It's it's just shocking. So when you look at Verlander, $43 million a year, he's got a 3-4 and four record and a 3.6 ERA. I mean, don't get me wrong, 3.6 ERA is, is, is actually good. You know, that's nothing to laugh at. But you're paying $43 million for the guy. A guy who, I mean, how old is he, 40? I just don't know if that's worth it. And then let's look at Max Scherzer. Okay, Max Scherzer's a guy who's been the man in Major League Baseball for a while, right? And his career numbers are really good. A 209 wins and 105 loss record, a 3.15 ERA. Max Scherzer has been the man. He's got a 4.31 ERA and an 8 and 3 record. So I, you know, obviously Max is getting much more run support than um, Justin Verlander, so you don't want to rag on Verlander. But it is shocking that you've got this problem with your starting pitching despite having two guys taking up so much payroll. Anyway, I don't know if they're really a team that's able to take on Shohei. I mean, sure, you know, they're a team that needs to win now. I mean, they've got a huge payroll. You put up this payroll and you don't win and you're not even competitive. They're not even a winning record. Who do you answer to for that? You know, somebody's getting fired because it's just insane how a team can spend almost $400 million and not be winning 500 you know, 
they're they're what 42 and 49 or something along those lines 42 and 48 spending 380 million on players is just shocking so while Shohei is definitely the win now player that we've been talking about I mean they could trade off some of this salary cap to get him and then try to win now but who's going to be wanting to take on all this salary cap Right? I mean, who wants to take on all this money for players who aren't performing up to their potential? And then can the Mets sustain the luxury tax of adding Shohei? I mean, I don't think you trade him just for this season. You trade him to get him this season, try to win now, and then try to build the dynasty on him going forward. When you're already at $380 million, and to be honest... A lot of these players are on several-year contracts. You're not even going to be offloading that much this offseason. Can you afford to take a $500 million, $600 million, several-year contract for Shohei Otani? You know, a, a seven-year, ten-year contract? I don't think you can. I don't know the bankroll of the New York Mets. But can they really maintain a team where the average contract is two years 37 million dollars i don't think you can add shohei to that team just financially it doesn't make sense even if they are desperate to win because don't get me wrong you could suffer through the miserable luxury tax of having a payroll at about 400 million after you add shohei and maybe after these two seasons end right maybe in like 2025 2026 these contracts end you've got a lot of you know payroll coming back to you you're you're maybe getting closer to being at or below the luxury tax but now you're missing these players that were part of the success of the team you you do need to replace them you know you might be able to find guys who are cheaper are they going to be guys that are better I just feel like they have put themselves in a huge mess by spending so much money and getting a team that can't win. It's shocking. It's absurd. And I'm not a Mets fan. God bless the Mets. Because if you're a Mets fan, wow, you've got to be really mad at this team. But anyway, I I really don't want to rag on the Mets. Mets fans have it hard enough already. So let's talk about the next team, the San Francisco Giants. They have a lot of buzz in the media as a team to land Shohei Otani, but are they really in the running? This team is the San Francisco Giants, so I know I'm going to have a lot of friends hearing this, and it's going to get their interest, you know, being someone who's here in California, lots of Giants fans. Are they really a team that can land him? I don't think so. I think the majority of this buzz is being generated from Alex Cobb, one of the Giants pitchers, and one of their best starters, you know, in in the interviews at All-Star Weekend saying, oh, no, he's not going to Seattle. He's coming to San Francisco. And sure, San Francisco, another big city, another big market team, a place that would probably, you know, thrive with uh, a, a Japanese pitcher who's so talented and, and so good at hitting as well. But do we really think that Shohei's going to end up here? I mean, I just read an entire article from the San Francisco Chronicle about, you know, Shohei coming to San Francisco. 
And the whole article has no factual or statistical evidence, no compelling argument to suggest that he would come here, right? It's all based on emotion. It's like, oh, we love our Giants, and and our players, they want Shohei, and if Alex Cobb wants Shohei, why wouldn't he come here? But it's like, it's so much deeper than that. You know, just because you want Shohei doesn't mean you're going to get him. So let's take a look at how the Giants are doing. How do they compare to the league? How do their contracts look? Where does Shohei fit into all of this? So let's look at the stats, all right? The San Francisco Giants, when it comes to hitting, they're above average, okay? They manufacture about league average when it comes to hits, but they hit more RBIs than the average team. So, you know, they're right there with the rest of the league when it comes to how many hits are they getting, but those hits are driving in slightly more runs than maybe the next best team, all right? You know, they're not a league leader in batting, but they're certainly slightly better than average. Adding Shohei Otani's bat to that lineup, it certainly would put them from slightly better than average to you know, probably top five in the league if Shohei can keep up the season that he's having. So then we look at pitching. All right, the Giants are actually having a pretty good season as far as their pitching goes. All right, their starters have been very good. I mean, they're getting more wins than other pitchers in the league, and their ERA is actually very good at 3.9. It's well above the league average. And when the Top ERA is the Braves at 3.6. 3.9 is a pretty good place to be. So you add Shohei to your starters, you're going to have a pretty good rotation. Puts the Giants in a good place where, you know, they go from being uh, 49 and 41, which, which is a very respectable record, which puts them, you know, just a few games short of the Dodgers actually for the division. And it has them right there toward the top of the wild card race. It would definitely push them into being a contender contender to win the division or definitely secure a, a wild card berth and make it into the playoffs. Potentially do good. It's hard to say. Now let's take a look at the, the roster and the contracts. How would Shohei fit into this lineup? Well, first, let's take a look at the luxury tax. So the Giants are below the luxury tax threshold, which means they could take him on for the second half of the season as a trade and not go over the luxury tax for this season. And then if they re-sign him for next season, you know, you could go a little over or depending on how many players you offload and, and don't re-sign, maybe you could stay under. But I think if you have Shohei, you go for it, right? He's in his prime. Who are you to not put the best team you can put around Shohei Otani and try to make it? And and I think they do have a lot of flexibility as far as there's not a lot of long contracts on this team. You got Logan Webb with a five-year contract through uh, 2029. But pretty much everybody else on this team, you know, they're hitting free agency in 2024, 2025, or 2026. So there's actually a lot of flexibility going forward for the San Francisco Giants to build a team around Shohei Otani and I guess Logan Webb. It's not a bad strategy, and it's definitely a market that could thrive with Shohei Otani. 
honestly, I, I kind of take back what I was saying earlier about is there anything to really suggest that this could happen? Yeah, I think it could happen, and I think it could be a good fit for Shohei, and it would obviously be a great fit for the Giants, who's a team who's, you know what, hats off to the Giants. They're winning a lot of games for a team that's kind of slept on, right? You know, they're not spending as much money as the rest of the league. They're not uh, getting as much recognition as the rest of the league. And they're only two and a half games behind the Dodgers for the division. I mean, we just talked about the Mets, who have an average contract of length 2.3 years and $36 million. Giants have an average contract of 1.4 years and $10 million. Sky is the limit as far as potential for this team, because they can really just organize it around Shohei and whoever else um, Shohei attracts to be on the squad. So I don't know, guys, I, I kind of take it back. I kind of think the Giants is a one of those things that it's, it's so crazy. It just might work. He could win games there. They could win even more games with him because they're pulling it off with the staff they have already. I, I think, I think it's actually pretty impressive. So, so there you go, guys. It could be the Yankees. It could be the Mariners next year. It could be the Giants. Who's to say? And only time will tell. I think all we really know is that Shohei is likely to go somewhere by 2024. Does he get traded now? It's hard to say. I don't think uh, Moreno, the owner of the Angels, wants to be the guy who trades the GOAT during his best season ever, um, his MVP season, a season where he's going to hit 56 home runs, especially if Shohei doesn't come back after that. I don't know if Moreno has the balls to do it. I think there's potential that you let Shohei go and he stays gone. I don't think he comes back to the Angels. But the thing is, if you don't take a chance and trade him to get some players now, are you really going to get Shohei to stick around when, okay, now his contract's ended, you're going to re-sign him, but like, what team do you have to build around him? This season has been somewhat of a failure because everybody's getting injured. They really don't have a lot of upside and optimism going into this second half of the season. I don't know, guys. I just don't know if he really comes back to the Angels. So you really should be focused on getting those prospects for him at the trade deadline. And then you at least have a good chance of him coming back if you've been able to get some prospects or some some good talent for next year. Shohei wants to win. And if you want to win, I just don't know if you stay with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. All right, guys, enough trade talk. Let's talk another award for Shohei. That's right. It's an awards show. He got the SB for best baseball player for the year of 2023 again. Um, and by again, I mean he's won three years in a row. He's the best baseball player of this decade so far, and we love him for it. Congratulations, Shohei. All hats off to you. I do think it's kind of a bad time to give out the award for, well, first of all, the year's not over yet. I mean, like, sure... NBA just ended and football ended, so I get why the SBs are held at this time during the year. But for baseball, you're giving out an award for best player of the year, and we're about halfway through the season, right? So that's why Shohei won last year, even though Aaron Judge was the MVP, because in July, when they gave out the award, Judge hadn't broken the AL home run record. So you just give it to Mr. Excitement, Shohei, which I'm not mad at, but I just think this award really should be held off until October. 
But hey, that's just my two bits. Congratulations, Shohei. I'm really proud of you. Moving on. How was the rest of the week for Shohei, right? All-Star weekend was uh, was pretty cool, pretty fun. He just had the two at-bats, right? He had a walk and a hit. That's fine. That's great. But let's talk about this series against the Astros, guys. We talked about it last week. The Astros are a team that always takes advantage of the Angels. Generally, is a team that sort of, right when things are starting to look up for the Angels, the Astros are the team that knocks them back down. So how did it play out? Well... Similarly to how we thought, it it didn't go too well. They lost two out of the three, and to be honest, they probably deserved to be swept if it weren't for an amazing ninth-inning comeback that started with a solo homer by Shohei Otani. They would have been swept by the Astros. So let's look at game one. Offensively, he goes two for five, which is fine. Um, Nothing crazy there. What really we're looking at is his pitching, right? Because Shohei had that time off to rest his cracked fingernail and his blister on his pitching hand. We've seen strikeouts on the decline for him in recent games, and we've seen runs going up because he just doesn't have the control over the ball that he did with the healthy hand. So we're thinking after the all-star break, maybe Shohei's back in his prime pitching. No, it starts out well, but it ultimately comes off the rails. Five runs allowed in five innings. Sure, he had seven strikeouts this time, which is significantly better than his start before the all-star break, but he's still not where he needs to be. And quite honestly, there's nothing worth mentioning in this game. They lose seven to five. And then Shohei struggles against Framber Valdez. Now, we talked about this last week. He just doesn't do well against Framber Valdez. That's fine. Framber comes out of the game. Shohei hits a solo homer to ignite a ninth-inning three-run comeback, and they win in 10 innings. This is the only game that they win of the series. And quite frankly, I don't even know if they deserve to win it. I mean, the bullpen allows five runs in the seventh inning, two runs in the eighth, and one run in the ninth. They have to have a three-run miracle comeback in the bottom of the ninth just to push it into extra innings, and then they only win it in extra innings because of an error on a double play that really should have been turned. So this is the one game that they win to avoid a sweep by the Astros. Sunday... Really, it's the same story. The Angels put up eight and they lose, and the box score tells the tale. One earned run, sorry, just one run in general through six innings, two runs in the seventh, two runs in the eighth, four runs allowed in the ninth by this Angels relief squad, and the game squandered. Now, big shout out to Shohei Otani in the bottom of the ninth. He hit a homer. It was really cool, but, you know, all that really is is another stat padded for his AL MVP watch. It was an embarrassing series, and the relief pitching is really what was the worst part of it, you know? I mean, you've got a series where they scored almost 25 runs, and they lose two out of the three and pretty much deserve to be swept that's hard to do unless you've got some bad pitching. And in this case, it wasn't the starters. Shohei probably had the worst start of those three games. It was still a close game. The other two, they had gems 
from the starting pitching squads, and they still blew it. Anyway, that was a forgettable series. I don't want to dwell on it any further. Let's look ahead. We've got the Yankees coming to Los Angeles. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We've got the day off on Thursday. The Angels then host the Pirates Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if we're talking about how Shohei stacks up against the Yankees, quite frankly, you hope that he's going to have a series against them like he did in 2022. In 2022, he batted 292, had two homers and 24 at-bats. You know, not bad. But you look at the other three seasons when he played the Yankees, he batted 91, he batted 160, and he batted 100. That 100, that's this season. He's got one hit and 10 at-bats against the Yankees. It's not great stuff. So you're hoping that maybe he just had a bad series uh, back in April against the Yankees and that this is going to be a little different. But quite frankly, the halos are reeling. Shohei's got a lot on his plate here as far as balancing the injuries and balancing you know, the pressure of trying to keep this team alive when it feels like there's no supporting cast. Even if they're starting to get the bats hot, I mean... All of a sudden, the relief pitching is not, and, and, and it's been really hurting these Angels. Anyway, let's talk about pitching. So Shohei's not going to get a start against the Yankees. I know, would have been fun to see Shohei throw some strikes against the Yankees, but we will get to see him pitch the opening game against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I think that's kind of what you want. I mean, obviously, this series against the Yankees has potential to, number one, be a sweep number two maybe they just take one game I think you're holding on for dear life against the Yankees and then trying to bounce back against the Pirates so why not have Shohei at the helm pitching that opening game against the Pirates and he's good against the Pirates now let me say this we don't have a lot of stats because they're a National League team it's not like he plays the Pirates a lot but of the four batters he has faced that are on this Pirates lineup right now, they're batting 71. So maybe Shohei's the guy to have a gem of a game on Friday, pull the Angels out of this slump, give them that shot in the arm they need, and just inspire a better performance from his teammates. But regardless, we're having a fantastic season from Shohei Otani. Even if the Angels continue to play bad baseball around him, they're worth watching. Shohei is an exciting player, and he's in his prime. He's going to have a historic season. So, guys, if you're listening, tune in, watch these games. Watch them play the Yankees, even if they get crushed. Watch them play the Pirates as they try to get back into winning baseball. You're going to thank me later because Shohei just hit home run number 34. He's still hot. Shohei is the gem to watch in this lineup. And, honestly, when he gets that MVP at the end of the season... You're going to be thanking me, all right? So stick with us this week. We'll be back next week with a new episode on Monday. We'll be looking into Shohei's performance this week against the Yankees and the Pirates. We'll also be checking in on his stats, seeing how he's doing from that MVP standpoint, right? So give us a follow on Instagram at Otani Talk, and we'll see you next week, guys.